Whether we're talking about business, wellness, travel, or relationships, I've always thought age is just a number. Welcome to Ageless with me, Cynthia Raleigh, and my daughter, Kit Keenan. Hi guys, welcome back to Ageless. So today we have Wendy Zomner and Jenna Dover from Cali Ray. Cali Ray is a sustainable, clean beauty brand and their aesthetic is all super Cali based. So they're big surf girls and we had a great convo. We've actually had Wendy on prior because she founded Urban Decay and this is her new business, Cali Ray. So we talk all about their business model, founding the business, and their story a bit. But this episode, there are a ton of tips for entrepreneurs, especially in the beauty space, but I think can apply to all new businesses in terms of experiential marketing and building a new brand, especially in the beauty space online right now, like in a space that's so, so saturated. So if you have ever had kind of the impetus to start a brand yourself or you're interested in marketing, this is definitely the episode for you. So let's just jump right in with Wendy and Jenna. And I know you guys will love this episode as much as we did, but let us know your thoughts as always over on Instagram. All right, let's get into it. We're so excited about this. We record the intro separately so we can kind of just jump right in. Okay. First things first, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing the brand correctly. Is it Caliray? No, it's Cali Ray. Cali Ray. Okay, yeah. got it, got it, got it. It's like one Wait. word, Cali Ray. Cali Ray, got it. Because it's California. And I have this t-shirt. This is where it was inspired from. It's California inspired. But I have this t-shirt that says, I'm a fucking ray of sunshine. And so <laughs> it's Cali fucking ray of sunshine, but we can't do that. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So when we say Cali Ray, what we really mean is I'm a ray of fucking sunshine. That oh my so God. Amazing. amazing. So yeah. So my, my first question was where did the name Cali Ray come from? And I feel, I mean, when I look at the brand and what you guys have done around like marketing and branding thus far, it's so focused on the California aesthetic and energy. And I think it's really cool that you guys have built that into a beauty brand because you don't see that a lot. I think a lot of beauty brands are so focused on like the glamour and I would just say like the more extra sides of beauty and Cali Ray is so chill, which I love. Yeah, it I think like anti-beauty in a way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're a little it rough is. And you know, I spent a lot of time it's putting a lot of makeup on my face for a lot of years, and I just, I still want to look good, but I just got tired of the heaviness of it all. And we just wanted, like, you want it, like you said, Kit, perfectly. Like, you want to look great, you want to look good, but you don't want to like have to like, you don't want to be a slave to it. 
So we like to say it's less makeup, more living. Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. Well, especially in the water for, for both of us that love being in the water, there's, I mean, how many, pretty much every time I come out of the water, even if I think I don't have anything on, or I just have a little bit on, it's running down my cheeks, you know, eyeliner, mascara, whatever, it's still there. Mm -hmm. And so you guys solved that problem, which I love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all performance makeup. And, you know, it's, it's a tubing mascara. It's not totally waterproof, because waterproof is so hard on your lashes. And we wanted this to be like, wellness based and good for you. I mean, you guys are surfing out in Montauk. It's a very similar vibe, even though it's East Coast, West Coast, where like the wellness piece is really important. So we wanted it to be, you know, products that were going to be great for your skin, you know, conditioning on your lashes, but long wearing, you know, it took a long time to cook them all up. But and then, of course, the sustainability piece is really important to us, too. Yeah, I want to hear more about the sustainability aspect. But Jenna, before we jump into that, I need to know what a vibologist is because that's your official title. And I feel like it's a great, it's an awesome title and I've never heard of it before. Oh, thank you. That's a little piece of my brain that's out in the universe now. So that's my fun way of saying I work on all of our branding and marketing and just like setting the vibes like a professor or studier of vibes. So that to me is a vibologist. So that's where it came from. Like we're not the types to be like, Oh, I'm chief marketing officer. Like, cool. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Really our jam. So we had to think of something else that felt a little more right. Well, I think it's so interesting because in your company, Mama, no one really has, I mean, people have titles, but it's not the same as like what you see in TV shows or movies where like everyone has a, such a specific title and they just stick to it. And I think it's kind of cool to be able to, see people like dipping their toe into different aspects of the business. And I think when you have such a specific title like that at a company, it's almost like limits your, the scope right. of the work that you could do. Of course. Right. And I work on a lot of our design and copywriting. And so like all of those things together sort of make the like three vibes of Cali Ray. So sometimes we're a little buzzed and confident and in your face in like a charming way. And sometimes we're laid back and dreamy, like staring at sunset kind of vibes. And then other times we're lighthearted and playful. Like they're just the right amount of wrong, just, just a little bit, just enough to keep it interesting. Well, also, I would say like one of the big, the big question we ask everyone at the end of the podcast is what do you want to be when you grow up? And we will ask you guys that. So okay. get started thinking about it. Okay. But one thing that I always think about during that is like, there's so many, when, when you're a little kid, that question comes up so often right. and it's almost like, it's hard to decide what that looks like for you. Because for me, especially like I never had one thing that I was like, Oh, this is definitely what I want to be when I grow up. And I think what, when people come to me and they're like, even like on DM or, you know, in my question and answers and stuff on Instagram, when they're like, how do I figure out like what that one thing is? And I think 
it's hard because you only see like a few job options growing up. Like, you know, it's like right. astronaut or, you know, zookeeper or whatever it is, doctor, lawyer, those types of things. And for me, it's like, there's so many job options. Like you could right. be a vibologist, you right. know? Well, like when I was a kid, I wanted to be Xena warrior princess. Like it didn't occur to me that you couldn't just do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess you can. Actually. Yeah, you can. You yeah, kind you of can. are actually. You know who? Me? You? What? You're you're uh, you're every day. You're just like fighting the good fight. So. <laughs> no, but I think that's cool to put your own label on things rather than trying to fit into some preconceived notion. It's like you're you, and you're going to contribute everything you can in your own way and not worry about the title part of it, you know? Yeah. I think it's also part of being a startup again, you know, there's no, like, everyone's got to do everything, you know? Um, I'm still opening my packages. Like there's no one to do like all, like we all pitch in here and there, wherever. So I think, you know, having these kind of like more amorphous titles is just the nature of the business right now. Yeah. Wendy, I wanted to ask you about that because obviously building Urban Decay, it was probably very different at the time. Like it, at some point, a company grows so big that it just becomes more of like a corporate situation. And I'm wondering what it feels like now to be so invested in more of a startup culture? Well, I think my nature is to be more scrappy. And this feels like going back to the beginning of urban when I was really, I was young. I didn't know what I didn't know. I was happy. I was just creating and making these like great products that were really innovative. And I feel like it's back to that again, but without making some of the same mistakes I made the first time around, hopefully fingers crossed. So it's really, to me, it's what I love to do. I love to like, just start with nothing and create. I'm sure Cynthia, you have that same thing every season when you start designing. And so it's that same, like the energy is so like, it's so much energy for me, positive energy versus like sitting in a conference room, looking at presentations, making decisions that way isn't what fuels my fire. And so that works for some people and it's a very successful model for a lot of businesses. Um, but for me, I need to be a creator. Well, I also think that comes with like the beauty industry in general, because it's a product that takes so much longer to develop. So you have to really start thinking about things so far in advance. Whereas with fashion, like it is it's so quick, the turnaround time that like you do have that constant creative like drive and need to invent, you know, whereas with beauty, I feel like you could have a star product that you put out for years and years and years and maybe tweak the formula a little bit. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I like the, I like the part about being a little bit scared you know, and that scrappiness and sort of putting your whole self into something without knowing what the outcome is. I think that's, that really defines 
an entrepreneur and defines, you know, a startup of any kind. Like you have to be able to be comfortable with all those things. Mm-hmm. I love that part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like you find that that's where the joy is too. It's scary, but it's really like invigorating and joyful and it's just, you know, you feel like you're on a mission again. I mean, that's what I loved about Urban the first time, you know, when I did it, I felt like we were changing beauty. Like you won't remember Kit, but Cynthia will remember. Like back in the 90s, there wasn't Sephora. There wasn't like the Technicolor dream of makeup out there in the prestige category. It was pretty boring and it was department stores and it was like conservative and there was one kind of beauty and it was like, here is the like, you know, beautiful, fine featured white woman. And that is what beauty is. And you all wish you could aspire to that. Right. And I feel like at Urban, like uh, we had this mission to just knock that down, like, and to do it a totally different way and redefine beauty and make it about empower. Like at first it was about empowering women. And then it was about empowering anyone who wanted to wear makeup. And so it was really this like mission to change the face of beauty. And I feel like, like mission accomplished. Like I felt good about it. And the beauty world looks completely different now. Like we knocked down barriers for people to be more entrepreneurs in the industry to everyone to look a little more different. And now I feel like Jenna and I are in this mission to like redefine like sustainability and clean and, and this like, freedom of expression and fun and clean. So I think there's, it's another mission we're on, which I like being on a mission. Yeah. Well, I just, I remember even the name Urban Decay. I was like, what? This is a beauty brand. Yeah. And, you know, all the names of all the products were all equally sort of the antithesis of what was happening in beauty. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about the sustainability part of the business a little bit more? And we love talking mind? about the sustainability part. Okay. So yes, absolutely. So everything comes, you know, our like we built the sustainability in from the ground up. A lot of times you'll hear, well, like it's really expensive, like it's hard to build it into your cost of goods. But we just felt like we have this opportunity as we're starting this brand to build in the sustainability from the beginning. So we could make choices from the beginning that let our brand shine through, but maybe like don't cost as much in this area. We save a little here so that we can put more into the, you know, post-consumer recycled materials that we're using on the other side. So like our boxes are, you know, they're bright, they're colorful, but they're, there's no coatings on them. They're 100% post-consumer recycled paper, zero foils or anything. So they go right back into the recycling stream. The mascara tubes are 100% upcycled ocean plastic. So plastic recovered from the ocean and then remolded. And then we used low impact inks and low impact deco. So it can go back into the recycling stream. We have a partner who's a recycling partner that takes beauty packaging because a lot of beauty packaging is too small to go into your curbside recycle. So we have a partner. We'll take your stuff back with them and we'll pay for it. You can send it back and we will pay for the recycling. So all of our products are, you know, our, our lip gloss tubes are in bioplastic tubes. We're working on alternatives to plastic right now for future products. We're not coating our glass so that it can easily be recycled again. Because a lot of times frosted glass is covered in a coating that sort of like messes up the recycling stream. So 
we're really trying to be so conscientious about all of our choices and, you know, make design decisions that make like fun, cool products you'd want to own, but don't impact the recyclability of those products. I know that was a long answer. We've talked about sustainability a lot on the podcast. And one thing that often comes up is the aesthetic of sustainability, which is often very like minimal and neutral colors only and kind of like the, I, I, I don't even know what to call it, but I really appreciate that you guys, all of your branding and everything is so colorful and bright and Cali but not, and sustainable, but not like that aesthetic, you know? Well, there's enough quiet, minimal, beautiful, absolutely beautiful, clean beauty out there. It's well-designed, it's pastel colors, and there's a lot of brands doing that really, really well. And we just wanted to enjoy, like Jen and I, our personalities are not like quiet, (laughs) Like we're just a little more out there. And so, um, yeah, we wanted to create some things that were a little kookier than that. Yeah. I love that. Well, one thing also that you mentioned earlier, Wendy, is like you wanted to correct some of the mistakes that you made at Urban Decay. So I want to know what those are and how you guys are working on those now. Well, I would say the the biggest, you know, when people ask you like, oh, what was your biggest piece of advice for a new entrepreneur? My biggest piece of advice was get a good finance and ops person right off the bat. Like, I just kind of thought like, I'll just make cute product and then the world will come get it. And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. It's also a business. And so um, I think the mistake I the mistake I made the first time around was just like the creativity will take it as far as it needs to go. But really you have to approach it much more from a business mindset. And you're lucky you've been like side by side with your mom your whole life. You probably are like, yeah, I knew that. But, um, but you know, I worked for, I had parents that were like, you know, they worked in like a more corporate job, right? They, I never saw that side of the business. So um, this time around, my husband was the CFO at Volcom for ever and the original CFO. So we have him on the team, which is great someone you really trust who knows what they're doing. And then uh, we have a great ops partner, right, Jenna? I mean, she's amazing. She's been at like some of the biggest beauty winners. She was a benefit. It sold. She went to Urban. It sold. She went to Drunk Elephant. It sold. So uh, we have this great sort of like operational and planning genius on our team that is really sort of the compliment to Jenna and I. And it was just someone I was like, we have to have her to make this work. Wait, do you guys work in an office or do you work from home? So I'm at my house. Jenna is at the office, which is in the surf shack next door to my house. (laughs) So uh, we have the house, we have this like little beach shack that we just converted and we each have our own room. (laughs) We go in there and work. But um, the walls are thin. It's a beach shack. So I sometimes when we do things like this, I stay at my home office because we can hear each other through the wall. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think to the creativity point versus like having the business mind as well. There's very few people that have both of those. My mom is one of them. But I would say also I think the – the business side and the operational side and having that person, whether it's in all in one or, you know, you're, you're bringing in 
some outside help for that. I think it's even more important now in the beauty space than it was a few years ago, or I can imagine it is because there's so much saturation and so many amazing products and a lot of great creativity. But now it's almost like even if you have an amazing product, you still might not, if you don't have the business aspect there too, then there's somebody else also with an amazing product, you know? Yeah, you're so exactly right. Like, I mean, that is one of the biggest differences from the urban days. That that was like I was trying to like beat through the big wall of corporate beauty, right? Because that's all there was were big brands back in the mid-90s. And now it's a totally different situation. It's like there's no barrier to entry in the beauty space. Before there were big barriers to entry and you had to climb over those barriers. Now there's zero barriers, but there's so much volume and so many brands that to stand out, it's a whole different kind of challenge, which is why you need a vibologist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And how do you think, like what, what really is that secret recipe now in the beauty space for standing out? Well, I mean, I think I'm lucky in that I have been through this once before. So I know some of the like little levers to push on, which is like, you have to have a great product. You have to know how to tell the product story. You have to have branding that looks different from other branding that's out there. I think it's really easy, not copy the aesthetic that's out there, but see what's working and want to do something similar to that. Even if it's different, you know, it all kind of, doesn't feel the same. I mean, everyone's brand is really different, but you really have to do something that's incredibly standout and different in order to get any traction in this space. And I think you have to be good at social media too. Like you have to crack that nut. So that's important too. Do you have someone that does that in the company? Yeah, we have, we have um, people we, you know, work with on our team and we're still working on it, you know, cause as a new brand, you have to, I think you have to grow it organically you know, versus buying your following. And so I think in order to have really engaged organic, you know, audience, you have to, it's a slow build and you got to work hard at it. So in order to make it authentic, I mean, I think you can buy as many followers as you want, but I'm not sure that that really serves you to do that. Who is the brand made for? What's it's, the target consumer? It's <laughs> made, it is made for everyone on this screen right now. So I think, you know, it's for women who have like a fun outlook on life, like no holds barred. I love that it's for like women that want to be active and outdoors and um, who are interested in clean. Like, I don't think it really has an age. It's mm -hmm. ageless. I do yeah. think it's ageless. <laughs> I do. One I do. Ageless. Yeah. Yeah. I like amazing. to think I'm ageless. So therefore the brand is. You are. So. You are. Totally. I would say, I think that's also an important thing to think about. Like when you're thinking about marketing a new product in the beauty space is like what, not only what's going to be different about the product and about the branding, but like also, is there a niche audience that's not really being served right now. And I feel like the sporty makeup girl is pretty 
niche of an audience that you guys are totally tapping into, which is awesome. And of course, anyone can use an amazing Cali Ray, you know, mascara. But at the same time, like for me, I know all of my friends that surf and do water sports are like, okay, this is going to be the only mascara I use. And that's such an awesome way to capture an audience. Well, I think go ahead. Even if you're not, you know, like in the water every day or you're not necessarily even that sporty life is busy and you're, you know, it's some, it's aspirational in that regard. Like, I mean, it's sort of like our surf and swim stuff that we do, you know, sometimes people, people buy it and they've never surfed or done water sports or, but they just sort of aspire to that lifestyle. And so it it's inspirational while being aspirational. I think it's all of those things. I also think, you know, like our skin tints are they're very of the moment. Like people want their skin to look beautiful and flawless and they spend a lot of time with their skincare now, but no one wants like thick, heavy, cakey, like it's not comfortable. Like that's what I came home from our event last night. Like I used, I remember before the pandemic going up to LA for events and I'd have on like my makeup and my outfit and I could not wait to get home and wash my face. And last night, because I was wearing our skin tint and just like, you know, my, like our Cali Ray vibe, I got home, I hung out with my husband. I was like, oh yeah, I got to take my makeup off. Like I totally forgot. forgot. So it's just comfortable and you feel like yourself. You don't feel like, oh my gosh, I've got all this stuff on. Now I got to take it off. You just like feel like you, but kind of like you, but hotter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I just grabbed us like slice of pizza and like went to bed. <laughs> like, I don't even think I took my makeup off last night. When we got <laughs> That's the best. So, yeah. so minimal right. that you could sleep, in it. You could sleep yeah. in it. Well, yeah. it has prickly like, pear extract in it. The skin tint is right. really good for your skin, but okay, amazing. I don't sure recommend it. it. <laughs> I'm saying wash your face. Overnight mask, maybe not, but like, hey, you got to test it out to give it a try. So yeah, exactly. Well, I've noticed so much like on TikTok, the beauty influencers that I follow, it's like a buzz phrase now when they're trying out like new foundation or skin tints or whatever, when they say, and it looks like my skin, it looks like my skin, but better. And it's like, that is, that's what people want now. That is like the hottest new trend, I would say. It's Mm -hmm. like, we're done with the matte look. It's all about like, it looks like my skin, but just even or, you know, hides any blemishes or whatever it is. So I feel like it's definitely on point and of the moment. Yeah. your, Your skin shines through. Right. And part of that comes from that right? Like what we want to do is like serve the California dream and like, what's that look, what's that beauty look like? And yeah, it looks like your skin, but better. And that's just sort of like an ethereal thing that's built into our kind of look and style. So it does meet the moment as we like to say with um, cleaner foundation and tequila shots while we're at it. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, nice. amazing. Well, you, know when you, you know how you stand on the beach at sunset and that light hits your skin and like you could take pictures all day and you look great and like that's what we want to like create that vibe of like just sun that perfect sunsetty golden hour light like hitting your face. That's the goal. That's amazing. Not not the ring light that we have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I got two big lights here too. <laughs> So it's actually cloudy day today here. So. Yeah. I mean, there's a few things like I actually have a list on my phone of things that like are just it's almost it's like a little simple pleasure or something, but it just like can it will always have a feeling attached to it. You know, like when people say like freshly baked cookies, like the smell of freshly baked cookies and I feel like that's how you kind of build. That's how you. That's how you build a vibe. I guess that's what it means <laughs> yeah. to be a vibologist. <laughs> right. is like thinking of that moment, like golden hour sun at the beach, and the warmth of the sun on your face at that hour. Like that is curating that perfect vibe, and like people know what that feels like, and then that's how they can connect to the product, which is right. Really cool. Absolutely, yeah. it's so much feelings based. And I really do lean into that on a lot of on how we look at the products. I mean, even we like to say that the skin tint feels like because it feels amazing on your skin. It's so lightweight and breathable. It's like, what else? Where else do I feel like I can just breathe so well? And when we were thinking about how to translate that for this product, we ended, we came up with those like, um, well, the skin tint feels like that feeling of unhooking your bra, but for your face. It's like, oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Like everyone knows what that like, feels like. Uh, it is. Yeah. At a certain point, you're like, this thing needs to come off. And when you take it off, it's like, oh, it's that. Yeah. It's taking off the layers of caked on foundation that we all used to wear with like powder on top and everything. So yeah, I love that. Something like that. <laughs> some sort of feeling like that to each product or each thing that we're, we'd like to do. So it helps round it out and takes you somewhere when you see it or feel it or read it. And yeah, that's the goal. That's a super great tip for marketing any product for anyone who's listening, who's building a business now. It's like, what can you link your physical product to? What sort of feeling or like simple pleasure that most people have experienced can you link your product to so that people understand, especially if you have a DTC model or like an online model, you have to be able to get people to understand what the product feels like through a screen, which is it's yeah. really hard to do. And I think that thinking of those universal simple pleasures as a way to communicate that is a really great tip. So I love that for sure. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, you know, making the brand authentic and storytelling and are you guys doing events or little films or anything cool to sort of snipe posters or something? <laughs> we, we did an oh, event. we got all kinds of ideas. Yeah. We yeah. did an event for launch and so that was really fun. And we want to do more of those. Just we had a taco party, like we served tacos and Virgin Palomas and just had a, you know, party in front. And we did it in front of a Sephora store, an outdoor, you know, indoor, outdoor kind of space, shopping space. And so that was really fun. We've had taco parties here at our like little beach shack in front of our like hippie, like sunset mural on the front of the house. 
So we do things like that. And um, yeah, so we're totally planning all of those things like parties and events. Cause I think we should do one at your store in Newport. Oh yeah. Genius. Oh yeah. yeah. Or montage. I mean, literally our place is a bike ride. Like I ride my bike there. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Amazing. Let's do it. I want to do it. We're in. So we could do a little surf camp or a little something. I got a surf instructor that lives with me. So amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you have like a commune there, Wendy? <laughs> no, he's yeah. just fun. You know, my 20 year old or my 19 year old is, you know, he's a little surf instructor. So he's okay. at school right now, but when he's back for the summer. Oh, nice. awesome. What do you call that having like snipe posters or events is that like a brand extension or like alternative marketing alternative marketing yeah it's kind of just experiences like what mm -hmm. giving people different way ways to interact with your brand that are physical and it well not necessarily physical it could be digital too but i think people are probably craving those physical experiences these days um after the 24 months so. to your other point about little films cynthia like jenna and i you know we met playing beach volleyball and it's right in front of my house. And for whatever reason, people regularly, we would regularly find panties on the beach. And so, <laughs> okay. I mean, like, good things are happening. Good things are happening. So, um, you know, we have a film idea, like a super short, clippy, snipey film, like centered around the finding of the panties on the beach. So we, we still need to make that. We're finding, we're looking for the right young cool filmmaker, but we will Amazing. find him or her and we will make that little panties on the beach film. So, Oh, I like that. I also think that it's great to think about like ways that you can offer up your brand to your consumer base or to your audience that are free so that people can get the vibe of the brand and want to buy into the community aspect. And then, you know, they, will buy the product eventually, or maybe they already have the product or whatever. But I think thinking about events or experiential marketing or alternative marketing that can, where you can connect to your audience, but also that's, that's just like almost like a freebie way of them connecting, whether it's video or an event or something like that. I think that's interesting to think about. I think that's really cool. And I think it shows because um, you're exactly right, because there's like little surf shops near us that want to carry the brand. And we, you know, we're exclusive at Sephora, but like they want to, they want to carry a t-shirt. They want to carry our candles. Like they want to carry the stuff. And I think it's because they want that experiential thing for their customer too. And we're bringing that kind of vibe and that lifestyle. And it adds to these like cool little surf shops in the local area. So I've always thought that most surf culture really was so much about the dudes, you know, and the fact that it's getting really sexy and pretty. And I think that's really exciting. I mean, I hope I'm contributing too, but oh, it's sort of like what we're both striving for is to make that that girl on the beach, like sexy, pretty, hot, and, you know, not, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think it it was. Well, I think it used to be more like if you don't have a masculine aesthetic or like 
you're not you don't want to wear just like a black long wetsuit and like be more of like a broy surf girl, <laughs> which is fine too. But that used That's to be fine. like the only way to surf was to buy into that aesthetic. And now it's like you can be you can look however you want. You can wear like, you know, a floral, string. <laughs> a string bikini or like a floral wetsuit and you can shred. And that's cool because I think it just invites more people right. into the water mm-hmm. that might not have like the same, you know, short border, like bro aesthetic that yeah. has. And I think, I think you guys are doing that with what you're doing in with your wetsuits and your swim. I was at at lunch with my friend Courtney Conlog, who's a professional surfer. She's like top 10 in the world. And I was like, let's go over and try. I'm going to show you the wetsuits at Cynthia's, right? And it's right across the street. So we walk over, we go into the shop and we're looking at them. And this girl comes in who's cute. She's the Cynthia Rally girl, like cute. And she lost her mind. She was like, oh my God, Courtney Conlog, like you are attracting that person that follows these girls that are professional athletes. Like, it's not just fashion girls in your store. You are bringing that person in who like it, she had a full celebrity meltdown <laughs> That's <laughs> like, amazing. So That's in the middle cool. of your store while we're looking at your wetsuit. So, well, thank you very much for that. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but it just shows that like, you're ma- like, we're all making headway create this. Like I used to say, you know, I grew up in Texas in the eighties and I felt like I had to choose between being like, a smart, like sporty girl or a pretty girl. Like I couldn't, you couldn't be both. You couldn't be like pretty fashiony and smart sporty. You had to like pick one lane. And I want us to now like merge those lanes. And I feel like that's, what's cool about you guys are doing. That's what we want to do. Like, it's like, let's merge the lanes. Let's, let's be, let's have it all done. And it's also just the goal of like getting as many people as possible to be able to enjoy what we enjoy, which is to be at the beach and enjoy surfing. And it's like, I want everyone to feel welcome in that. Like, I feel like growing up, like everyone, I had to choose between being like the city girl, Blair Waldorf aesthetic, or like the California girl, surf girl. And I think like I was never one of those. Like I so enjoy being at the beach and surfing, but like I'm not really, I'm not really a chill girl. I'm pretty high maintenance and like (laughs) I, but I also surf. And so like I want everyone to be able to, to like fall in love with the ocean in the way I have and not have to pick like one aesthetic which right and i think that leads back to sustainability from our point of view which is it shouldn't be a pain point we want it to be we want your sustainable beauty to be a joyful experience so the same thing you're saying like i want you to be able to pick your like cute lip gloss or whatever it is and feel good about it and feel good that you're like making the sustainable contribution and that you can recycle it and you can do all these things and it should be like joyful it shouldn't be like gloom and doom climate you know i mean if that's real and we have to deal with it and i'm not saying we don't but i don't think you're going to get everyone along for the ride unless we figure out a way to make it joyful and fun 
Unfortunately, no one's going to give up the ease of what their life is now. I mean, some people are, but the average consumer, I would say, is not going to go out of their way to be sustainable because they don't have to and they're not seeing the day-to-day repercussions of what it means to make the not sustainable. Which is why I think we have to make it an easy choice for them, right? We have to make it like, well, I might pick this or I might pick that, but choosing between the two, I'm going to, I'm going to pick the sustainable option. And then our job as a brand is to continue to like ratchet up the sustainability. Like, so everything we're doing, we're not done with it. If we can make it a better material, you know, that you can then just throw in your compost and it dissolves, like we're going to do that. Like we're working towards that point. So speaking of working towards, you mentioned candles and maybe t-shirts or anything coming down the pipeline that you can talk about. Yeah. So we do have, we did a super limited run of, because you know, it's, it is authentic, right? We want this brand to be really authentic. So we just did a super limited run of candles with a local candle maker, recycled wine bottles, you know, it's just, it's these limited passion projects that we can work with our friends on. So we have a soap coming, right? And it's my friend who's a soap maker and it's a super limited run, but like I want to empower other women and bring them into the Cali Ray lifestyle and create these lifestyle moments that people can dive into the brand in other ways besides beauty. And so that's, that's really what we're doing with, it's not like going to, our main business is, you know, sustainable beauty, clean beauty. Um, but we do want to have all these like extra lifestyle pieces. So, so if you want to do a wetsuit with us, Cynthia, we're in. Mm-hmm. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Could do the sunbow like we have our like sunbow aesthetic it would look so pretty on a website oh, yeah. oh my god that kind of is makes perfect sense mm-hmm. and then we launch at the newport store <laughs> amazing <laughs> done yes. i love this i'll send this we'll, planning yeah i'll send you an email <laughs> <laughs> amazing well I want to ask you guys our go-to question before we okay. wrap up, which is what do you want to be when you grow up? I would like to be Don Lemon when I grow up. I always, like, my goal when I was a kid, if you'd asked me when you were little what you wanted to be, I wanted to be, like, a broadcast journalist. And I would love to be someone who's got, like, an opinion and smart and compelling and delivers their, like, speech and, like, I don't know. I just think that guy's the, he's just rad. So oh my God. I, I'm, I'm pretty friendly with him. And let me tell you through and through the guy is brilliant and lovely and generous and sweet. He, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Good pick. Good role model. Yeah, him, oh. or, him or Gloria. One of the two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are, are both excellent choices. Um, I, for me, I want to be RuPaul when I grow up. I love drag. And to me, it's like the, some of the height of creativity and self-expression and self-acceptance. There's, you know, anytime I'm in a bad mood, I've always put on drag race and it just makes me so much happier. Like that, <laughs> uh, that's the U.S. and the world that I want to live in. That's like, it's welcoming and it's entertaining and it's funny and it's sex positive and so many 
uplifting things that I find in it. Like I love the comedy. I love the fashion. I love the beauty. It's like all of my favorite things in one, like my inspiration lands somewhere in between like RuPaul to Gwen Stefani circa 1995. So that's like, I'll meet somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> well, mine's Deadpool. So that makes oh. you know, about as much sense. as. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, thank you guys so, yeah, so, so much you. for doing this. Tell everyone where they can find Callie Ray and follow you guys and all of that good stuff. So you can find, yeah, you can find Callie Ray at Sephora stores and at Sephora.com. And then do you want to give the socials, Jenna? You can play with us on the internet at on Instagram or TikTok, or um, we do have a Spotify as well. If you need some musical tunes for oh, love that a vibes, like light your candle and relax, or like go out to the beach and like pump the jams. Any of those things, we have those too. So come play with us. We're a good time. Oh, it's, I love, it's love at that. Ka- it's at Kelly Ray. You can play with us at, at Kelly Ray on all the socials, and our website is CallieRayBeauty.com. Genius. I'm going to put on the playlist right now. Yeah. They're really good. And I hope you guys, when you're next out in California, I hope you will come visit us at the Cali Ray house. We have the hard kombucha is flowing. There's chips to walk. Yes. (laughs) All the best things in life. All the best things. And we, we call it the lady cave. We go hide out (laughs) over there and uh, we would love to have you guys over to hang out in the, you know, Kelly Ray Lady Cave. Oh my God, we would love that. We would love that. Hope you guys love this episode. And thanks so much to Ginny Media for our audio production. All right. So I'm so happy that you guys got to listen to our stories today. As always, you can follow us on social media and keep up with our work and our crazy adventures. Then you can follow us on Instagram at Cynthia Rowley and at Kit Keenan. Thanks for listening.